Hey friend, I'm Beth Ann Schwamberger, host of the Brilliant Business Moms podcast. This show is all about brilliant women, just like you, who are growing their businesses in the margins. You're juggling nap time and work time, wiping up messes with writing blogs, and I don't believe you need big, impressive numbers or shiny accolades behind your name to be brilliant. This show is about realistic, doable strategies that will work for you and your business right where you are. Big and little wins are celebrated here, and every single one of my listeners is a big deal in my book. Grab your coffee, and maybe the laundry, and be encouraged by business mamas who'll make working in the margins just a little more fun. Hello, hello, friends, and welcome back to the Brilliant Business Moms podcast. I'm your host, Beth Ann Schwamberger, and today on the show, I have Jessica Principe of All Girl Shave Club. You are going to love hearing from Jessica and hearing her story. She had her brilliant business idea right in the shower, as we hear about so many entrepreneurs having In her case, it makes perfect sense because, of course, she was coming up with the perfect razor and shaving kit for women as she was, of course, in the shower using her husband's razor, which, why was it so much better than the women's, right? So she came up with a solution for that. So Jessica's been in business for just four years, but she's doing incredible things. She's added so many more subscribers to her all-girl shave club recently, and I cannot wait for you to hear from her. Now, Jessica is also a student of my FB Ads Intensive, so you'll hear her talk about that, the the things she enjoyed about it, her past experiences of working with ads managers, and my favorite part is that she actually had an experienced business mentor, someone that she really respects, but this person told her, you know what, Jessica, I don't think you're going to be able to reach your business goals without outside investors. Jessica knew she didn't want to do that. She joined the ads intensive instead, and she's meeting and surpassing her business goals, which is just amazing. So you're going to love hearing from Jessica. And if you're interested in learning more about the ads intensive, just head to brilliantbusinessmoms.com forward slash ads. That's A-D-S. So today on the show, I'm so excited to welcome Jessica Principe of All Girl Shave Club it's because of the V and shave and then club. Anyways, everyone, it's all girl shave club. And I am so excited to chat with you today, Jessica. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Beth. And I'm so, so happy to be here with you too. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about you and about how all girl shave club came to be. Sure. So the idea literally just came to me one day out of the blue. I had always had a passion for small business and entrepreneurship. I worked in a vocational school that trained nursing assistants that was a company my mom started. So I got to kind of grow the company with her from the ground up. So it was like a great experience to see what entrepreneurship life is all about. But about 14 years in, I started to have a craving for something else, like just fulfilling my own passion or my own dream. I didn't really know what that was going to be, but I had two little boys at the time and I really wanted to build a business that 
gave me the freedom to be able to work around their schedule and around my family's schedule and not have so much stress and have to rush out the door every morning and all of those things. So I didn't know what that business was going to look like until one day in the shower, the idea literally just came to me. I was getting ready to shave that day, reaching for my husband's razor, stealing his razor like I often did because his razor was better, sharper than mine ever was. And I just kind of flooded over me like, you know, how come I'm always having to steal his razor? Why isn't there a really great product that's female focused? We're shaving more surface area than they are. You know, we should have a closer, sharper shave than, than the men do. And, you know, I just started thinking about what would make the process better for me, more enjoyable for me. What would that look like more convenient for me? I'm always forgetting to go to the store and pick up extra refills. So all of those things just kind of compounded together. And I thought, you know, I should really put together a product that would be able to serve women in this way, make shaving more of a luxury infused moment of self-care, but also give them the quality products that they deserve. And so the idea was born and I just kind of ran with it. I decided to launch this baby and see what I could do with it. <laughs> that was and in 2016. <laughs> 2016. Okay. So that's what I was so curious about because to me, it seems like you've been doing this for years and years because you've grown so much. Like, I feel like you've already seen so much success, but yet, I mean, your company is only four years old. Yes. Yes. It's still a baby company in my eyes. <laughs> yeah. But you're doing amazing. Thank you. So I would love to hear more about how you grew your business early on. Yeah. So in the beginning, before I even launched my business, I think it's important to note that I launched this business completely self-funded. This is not, I didn't ever have a goal to have investors or to raise money or anything like that. I just wanted a business that would serve women who had the same need that I had and be able to create that home freedom balance kind of thing. So that's really the intention behind starting the business. It was never to take over the shaving industry or anything like that. But before I started the business, I really wanted to test product market fit, make sure that there was a need for it, that other women had the same feelings and would actually buy the product. So I ran a pre-launch and during my pre-launch, I was just building a lead list, kind of teasing the idea. I had a landing page where people were leaving email addresses if they were interested. And once I started to grow that lead list with people that weren't my mom or my sister or my friends and strangers are starting to join, I realized maybe this idea did have legs. And I launched the business after collecting about 800 or, or so email addresses. And I really think that that helped to kind of catapult the launch because I had a buyer's list. People were ready to buy. I didn't have to you know, spend a lot of money on acquiring my first few founding members. And so I think that that really helped give us the leg up on launch. And then from there, we just kind of organically grew through the referral program that we set up and working with influencers and social media and that kind of thing. So that was kind of the beginning stage. And then once I got more confident, I decided to try my own hand at Facebook and Instagram ads. And um, that worked well. I was, I was able to do it. I was able to kind of, I think it was back in those days, we were getting acquisition, cost of acquisition down in like the three and $4 mark. So it was like super low. But I thought, you know, if I'm able to do this, there's got to be an agency that can just take what I've already done and, and just scale it, right? Like they, they would know more about Facebook ads and all of the things than I would. So I decided to hire an ads agency to just take that over for me for the year of 2018. 
And that was just a crazy, crazy expensive disaster. <laughs> oh. oh, it makes me so sad. But I have to say, I've done the same thing. Like mm-hmm. even having been an ads, and, like I've taught ads for quite a few years now, but I've gone through seasons in my business where I'm like, well, I'm really busy. Like I've got all these other things I've got to do. And this is the thing. I feel like agencies are really good at convincing business owners like us that we're the experts and we know so much more than you do. Totally. But (laughs) yeah, it's like they're one, obviously they're not as invested in your business as we are going to be in our businesses. And I think two is like, their understanding and love of our customers is also not the same. It's hard to like generate yeah. that. But I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you tried working with an agency in 2018. It was really expensive, didn't necessarily pay off. Yeah. And then what were kind of your thoughts on using ads after that experience? I was terrified. I was terrified because we I gave them more time than I think I should have. Again, I just kept justifying. They know what they're doing. You know, I don't really know. I just have kind of dabbled and I played around and, you know, I would suggest different things and they would explain to me why that wouldn't work or why that wasn't a good solution and that I needed to be creating more content and working on filling my funnel and, and all of these things. And so I gave them about six, maybe it was even seven months, Bethann, if I think about it, I think it was about seven months in and it was, devastating my company financially. Like it was, we were not profitable. We were, you know, spending more than we were getting in. The return on ad spend was often under one. (laughs) It was just really bad. (laughs) Again, all these things I know now, but didn't know in the moment. And so it was about that time where I was like, okay, I've got to pull the plug. I've got to figure out a way to recoup and figure out how I'm going to get out of the hole that I've gotten myself into. And I was really afraid to do any type of paid ads after that. We actually pretty much relaunched our whole business. I decided that I really wanted to narrow in on serving women who had sensitive skin and up-leveling the shaving experience with more of more of a luxury product, introducing our first shave kit and kind of like just changing what we were offering. And so I took a whole year off working on making those changes and we switched platforms and a whole bunch of changes within the business. And I took a whole year off from paid ads. And I knew that it was my next step, but I was so afraid to do it (laughs) until I learned about you and the Facebook ads intensive program that you offered. Oh, well, okay. And I, I'm so happy that you came and joined us. I mean, you are just so fun to work with. And honestly, in a lot of ways, I'm like, you know, you've asked for feedback in the group on occasion, but you're like one of those students where I feel like you just learn and then you take action and you run with it. And then I just sit back and then you'll tell us like, Hey, you guys, I had this great win. And we're just like, yay. But sometimes I'm like, can I do more? Can I like, is there anything else I can help with? Because yeah, you just got, I feel like you ran with it. I think that that speaks to your program because you gave us everything we needed. And this is why I I told you earlier off, off air that I have been telling everybody about your program because you made it so easy to follow. It was not, you know, that can be really intimidating and you're thinking about spending money and like the risk and all of the things, but you make it so easy to follow along and to be able to execute and just do it. Like you gave us everything. So 
you did all of the hard work. I just followed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks. Okay. But speaking of that, here's something I want to ask you about because this is the first like two months of the intensive. This is where I always get really nervous that I'm going to lose people because we spend, what is it? Is it week seven now or week eight that we run a campaign? Week seven? I think it's not till week seven that I show you guys step by step, like setting up your campaigns. That is a long time. to spend on these very long lessons. Like the weekly lessons are at least an hour each. Some of them are more like an hour and a half. And then I, you know, do questions and stuff. How are you feeling during that time? Were you like, oh my goodness, I can't take another ridiculously long lesson? I actually was not. I actually felt like it was such valuable information that I didn't even think, I didn't think about the connection to from learning about how to like optimize our landing pages and the copy and all of that, like I wouldn't have expected that that was part of the training. So I was so grateful for that extra training because it all works together. Like without that, those seven weeks, our ads would not be as effective as they are. So I thought it was just a gold mine of information. I loved it. I loved it. Okay. Well, that is good to hear. I try to prep people before they join and as they first join, like that that's how it's going to be. It's like, trust the process. I promise we're going to get there. Because yeah, I feel like I was actually just telling Melissa this the other day. I was like, I am not willing to give my students cotton candy, even though that's what they want. A lot of people will do, they'll teach ads and they'll be like, hey, in two hours, we're going to set up a campaign and you're going to start getting email subscribers. And I want to be like, great, in two hours, I can show you how to dump all your money right down the drain. Because like, sure, can you set up a lead campaign and grab email subs in two hours? Yes. But it's like, there's so much more to profitable ads. Totally. (laughs) And that's the key word is profitability. Like we don't want to just risk. We're small businesses. We don't have the budgets that the big companies have. We don't want to be risking everything and putting it all on the line for Facebook ads. So I just so appreciate how you taught it. Well, thanks. Which FYI, so I did not mean for this interview to just be like a praise fest. Oh, yeah. Intensive. I'm like, oh, no. But like, yeah, I did. I am so excited about your story because it's just the best. Okay, so here's what I want to hear first, which is what are you doing with ads right now and how are they going? And FYI, right now, for anyone who might be listening to this later, right now is May 11th, 2020. Most of the country is still on lockdown Mm -hmm. (laughs) with the worldwide pandemic happening. So I think that's also been really fun to see is that many, many students are still doing really well, even in the midst of a worldwide pandemic. So yeah, definitely. I think that that is incredible. Like we are just so lucky that it's working out the way that it has been. And we weren't sure, right? When you first, when we all got into the intensive, we were just like, oh, we don't know if this is really going to work or not because who knows what's happening. But yeah, so the ads have been working really well. It has truly changed the trajectory of my business. I wrote down some notes of what we're doing for ads. And one of them is, I have three campaigns running actually. So one of them is my original campaign that I launched in the ads intensive. I just keep scaling it because it's working so well. And one of the tricks that I've kind of applied to this campaign is, you know, in the beginning, we talk a lot about sales pages and setting up our sales pages to have certain elements to help with conversions. And I had my sales page custom coded by a developer. Like it's, 
totally untouchable to me. I don't know how to mess with it. And I was afraid to even try. So one of the tactics that I employed was writing my copy as though it were a sales page. So pulling in some of those elements that we needed to have that just hadn't quite made it onto the sales page at the time so that I didn't fall behind in the lessons. And so I used long form copy and I touched on a bunch of the, I really poked at the pain like you had taught us to do. And that copy is just performing so well. I haven't turned it off. It's my first campaign that I ever launched and it still gets me, what is it? 2.79 ROAS. So it's doing well. And I'm just really, really happy with the results. So I, okay. I love that so much. One, (laughs) okay. You came up with this amazingly creative solution. So instead of you having to hire a developer again and do all this coding, because I know we kind of talked about that and I think even I was like, I don't think I'd put the money in that yet. Like, let's test these ads, you know, let's make sure this is really going to work well for you. But that's such a creative solution. You're like, well, great. I can take my customers on a journey and include more of those important points right in the ad copy. So I love that. And it helps Um, because I think the people that are clicking through really have the meat of the information that they need. So when they get to that sales page, they just need to convert. And the conversion rate is high for e-commerce. It's about 8%. So I'm really happy with that. That is is really (laughs) high for e-commerce. And okay, let me clarify too, the page you're sending them to, that's a page where they're basically signing up for their first box, right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. And so immediately on that page, it's a subscription right? It is. Yes. Okay. So (laughs) 8% on a subscription. I think that's amazing. And then the 2.7 ROAS, that is ice cold traffic, right? Totally ice cold. Yes. Yeah. Based off interest. That's an interest. That's not even a lookalike. So yeah. Love it. So FYI, everyone, like this is how you scale your business. You can't, if all you're doing is running ads to your warm and hot traffic, which is great, but like you can't grow that. You're back to the grind of content, social media, all of that stuff. So yeah, ice cold traffic, 2.7 and the 2.7. So that's on that first box, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. So yeah. And then do you know about how long people are, how many boxes I guess they're getting? That's right. Yeah. So once, once we have, once we acquire a subscriber, it kind of has this whole like domino effect because it's not just that first sale. They're renewing month after month. They're also buying more products from our shop. So, you know, making more profitable sales that I don't have to pay to acquire. It's just through like our email funnels, that kind of thing. And they're also engaging in our refer a friend program. So then they're referring more prospects our way. Our Google search volume is up. So it all has a ripple down effect. And then we have, you know, the hot retargeting that can capture all of those people that are coming in that have heard from friends or family or visited from Google or whatever. So it all works together to make this beautiful thing. (laughs) Right, right. That's such a good point. Yeah. You start with ice cold, you're getting all these brand new, fresh people in the door, but they're bringing more people with them. Yes. Oh, I love it. Okay, so tell me about, you said you've got three campaigns running. So you've got the top level, the ice cold, bringing in those brand new subscribers, and then talk to me about the other two campaigns. Yes. So the second one is also a cold audience, but I love this one because what I did was I took my customer list and I created different segments of lookalike audiences. So the best performing one is the lookalike audience of my VIP subscribers, I call them. They have spent over a certain threshold with me and with my business. And so 
what I love about this campaign is that Facebook is finding all of these people that looks like that look like them, that act like them, and they bring in on their first order, they're buying like higher cart values, they're spending more right off the bat, and they're just amazing customers, like just ice cold, amazing customers right from the get go. So I'm really excited about that campaign and how that's performing as well. That's performing just about the same, about a 2.69. So it's just awesome. I love okay. that one. I love it. <laughs> and okay, I'm curious here. This is one of the questions I get asked often, which is, okay, how many people do I need in my base audience before I'm going to have a lookalike that performs well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've got my metrics on like what's worked for me, but I do find sometimes that my students will see different numbers will work for them. So if you don't mind sharing, I'm curious to know how big that base audience of VIP customers is. Yeah, that was a pretty small audience. I want to say it was like 250 people maybe. Okay. Yeah, it was pretty small. Um, and I did other segments as well in that campaign because I wasn't sure if that would really work for me, but it did. It did. So. Okay. Yeah, it was yeah. really small. That is so interesting because yeah, I feel like I normally tell people, okay, wait till you have a thousand people at least in your base audience. And if you're going to go that small, it of course has to be like really targeted. It's got to be, you know, like in your case, those VIP customers and things like that. But that is really good to know. I should be, should encourage more students to test those lower numbers. Just test it. Yeah, exactly. You never know. Yeah. So I'm curious with these two ice cold campaigns with different audiences, how much a day are you spending on those? Not very much. $35 a day. Okay. On on each of them? Total. $35. Total. Total. I know. I should be scaling them more often and I just forget. Like you say every three days and then I forget and then I come in and I'll do it. But yeah, I just, I need to scale it more often, but it's, working so well. And we had our, one of our biggest sales months in April that, that I've had in over a year. So just because of the whole compounding effect, right. It just brings in more sales and more revenue. Yeah. That's so true. Such a good point of like, you've already set your business up behind the scenes to recapture those visitors, to remind them of that refer a friend program, which, okay, that reminds me, I would love to hear a little bit more about what your follow-up emails and things like that look like for your potential customers. Definitely. So it depends on what kind of product they've purchased. But if we're just talking about the subscription, we have a post-purchase flow. So once they've made their subscription purchase, we send out these I call them excitement booster emails. It's in between when they actually receive their product. So it kind of gets them excited to receive their order. It shows them how to use the product, a lot of social proof of all the other people that have sent us photos of them using the product and their testimonials and a little video welcoming them to the club and that kind of thing. And then from there, it's just like value emails, just kind of like showing them how to use the product in a different way or like self-care tips, that kind of thing. And then we will scatter mini, I call them mini campaigns, just like promoting different types of products that maybe they didn't purchase the first time around that would complement what they have and just inviting them back to the store that way. So it kind of just, they're all automations. I've set it and I just kind of tweak it as I need to, but they work really well for us. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So I'm curious this is another question I get asked all the time. And 
I feel like there's not one right answer, but I love hearing how people are doing this. Now, how often do you send out the emails in that flow? Like I'd have how to double check. Yeah, I think it's every, so in the beginning, they're a little more frequent. I think it's every three days for the first 12 days. And then from there, I send emails about every 10 days, once every 10 days. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That sounds good. And then as far as the campaigns go, where you're promoting something, well, a few questions. So how often is, are they seeing a campaign like once a month or is it more often or less often than that? The campaigns are about every 10 days. I was doing it weekly and then I felt like my open rates were starting to be affected a little bit. People weren't opening as frequently. So I, I changed it to 10 days and that's improved open rates. So I think I'm going to stay there for now. Okay. And then with your campaigns, so is it just one email that's promoting that product or is it several? It just depends on the offer. So if it's just like a product spotlight that I'm just trying to showcase and I don't have, you know, any type of scarcity or urgency or anything like that attached to it, it will just be the one, the one campaign. But then if we're doing like a discount or if I have limited quantity available, I'll always do a follow-up. And my favorite follow-up strategy is to send to those that opened but didn't buy. So I don't usually send to people that didn't open. I don't resend to people that didn't open. I send to people that did open, but didn't buy. And I segment that between those that opened and those that opened and clicked, because I feel like that gives us the best results. They were already interested. They showed intent. They just couldn't buy for that, for whatever reason. But this is that last call, that final reminder. And those emails always do very well. Okay. I love that too. That really agrees with how I teach launching in general, because I think the tendency for people is to cast as big and wide a net as they possibly can and kind of like, let me get my loudspeaker going here and just make sure everyone knows about this instead of going deep with the people who are really interested and really ready. So I love that. Yeah, that's so true. And also like you can get creative if you're on Shopify with who you're segmenting to, right? So if somebody has bought a specific product, you can segment based on, you know, another type of product that would complement that product really well. That way you're not just sending to your whole email list. You're really being specific about who you're sending to and what they would really like. Yeah. I love that. And what email service provider do you use? I use Klaviyo. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I've heard so many good things about them and I feel like most e-com sellers who are doing awesome things with email marketing are using Klaviyo. Yeah. I really, really love them. And I get a lot of people say, well, they're so expensive. I don't, I just can't like bite the bullet, but it's so worth it because you know, what you're putting in, you're getting 20 times return back. So I definitely think it's worth it if you want to do like that specific granular segmenting. Yeah. And they make it really easy too to directly see how much money you made from yes. each of the emails you're sending, right? Yes, it's wonderful. It's really, their analytics are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't that's even true. scratched the surface, to be honest. There's so much you can do. <laughs> yeah, that's really neat. Okay, so we haven't hit on the third campaign that you run with ads. So I'd yes. love to hear about that one. So that is my favorite little baby. That's my hot retargeting ad. (laughs) It is amazing. And I wish I could scale that up, but I know I have to scale the cold in order to get the hot scaled, but it's so amazing. I created a 
what is it called? I think it's the carousel, right? The carousel ad where there's multiple pictures. And you had taught us how to make it look like it's all one big picture. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, that's you know true. I mean? <laughs> I'll put something, I can put something in the show notes to like show people. Yeah. It's example. so cool. It just like looks like it's one big picture, but each little thumbnail is its own thumbnail. But in, in a whole, it's like one big landscape picture. So I created that with specs, like details about each product. So one image shows the razor, the next image shows the shade butter another image shows the little sparkle tote that comes with it and then the third the fourth image is like a big call to action and then I used social proof copy basically just testimonials you know we noticed that you were checking this out you know here's a review and I don't remember exactly how I said it much better than that but that's basically the gist of it and it performs so well over nine nine ROAS and it's just, I'm only spending $2 a day on it because I don't have enough, you know, audience in there to scale up more than that. But it just, it's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Jessica, I, oh man, I'm so excited for you to scale things up because Me yeah, too. it's going, so, yeah, we got to scale them up. And you know, too, which you might be nervous to do this, but I mean, you could scale a little bit faster if you set up a new campaign at like a much higher budget potentially or like you could set a new one up at like a hundred a day <laughs> I get so <laughs> nervous oh my gosh I know and that makes so much sense because I'm seeing the profitability I'm seeing the results but I get so nervous like this campaign is working do I even want to touch it do I even want to ever turn it off like I know I need to listen to my beautiful teacher over here and, and do what she says <laughs> <laughs> no I get it though I mean yeah Facebook can be funny sometimes too, because I'll see some people do things a certain way where I'm like, Oh, I don't think I'd do that, but okay. And then like, it'll, <laughs> it'll work. Okay. And then vice versa. I'll be like, why is this not working? You know? So Facebook can be a little bit funny sometimes. So I, I, I do get the nervousness for sure. Okay. So this is totally random. But the other thing though, Jessica, here, here would be something else you could try without rocking the boat on these other campaigns, which would be a product catalog ad. And you could try that to a different cold audience to see how that might go. That's such a good idea. I know I have to try that. Yeah. Because it's just the data that's involved, especially in your industry. I mean, there are, you know, a few other shaving boxes. And then if you think about the other type, like self-care types of boxes and the pixel sees all of that, they see who's looking at all those different kinds of products. And so yeah, product carousel ads can be pretty, or product catalog ads can be pretty cool for e-com sellers. So anyways. <laughs> I just need to get over my fears, but yes, little by yeah. little. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're doing great. Here's the thing too. Okay. This is what I want everyone to know because you shared a win recently in our group. And honestly, I was blown away by that, especially having heard how conservative you are with your ads budget. I'm blown away by how you've surpassed your business goals. So I would love for you to share, you know, whatever level you're comfortable like sharing about that. Yeah, I'd be happy to. So I think you're referring to my sales goal in April. We did over $8,000 over our projected sales goal, which was amazing for me. And another, another win that I don't think I shared in the group, maybe I did, I can't remember. I had set a goal every year. I set a goal for how many new subscribers I'd like to welcome and retain by the end of the year. And 
I was hoping to add and retain an additional thousand subscribers this year by the end of 2020. And on the trajectory that we're on, we're going to hit that goal by July. So I like need to change my goal for the year now, but I'm just so, just so excited. I'm, just, I'm dancing around all the time thinking about how things have changed for me. Ah, that's so exciting. So yeah, just to clarify, $8,000 over what over. your goal was, which I, th- I think you already said too, that you're April, like you always set a stretch kind of goal. Like you're, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, most of us as business owners, like, yeah, we want to push ourselves a bit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's just so exciting. And yeah, you're exactly right. You've got to set, yeah, I guess you had the goal of a thousand new subscribers. I think put it at 3000 new by the end of the year. <laughs> I think I need to. I know. I think I need to. I know. I think part of it too is you and I talked about this before. When I was first starting with Facebook ads, I was also kind of going against advice that I had received from a respected advisor. She had told me, you know, you should not be spending your money on Facebook ads. Like there's no way you're going to be able to get the return that you need to see in order to be profitable because we have the products, you know, the cost of goods, all of that, that all plays into it. She was like, that is just not a good idea. And I honestly think that you're never going to be able to reach your goals without having an investor, like having a big injection of cash flow here. And I just, I just knew she was wrong. I just had to like not listen. Like I thanked her for her advice, but I could not listen because I knew that she was wrong. And so, you know, after having learned, and that's why I'm taking these baby steps because I'm seeing the results. I'm really, truly seeing the results. And I think for the first time, I feel like we really can reach our goals by doing this. And and even if we have to do it small and, and slowly, we are going to be able to reach those goals without having to have outside investors or anything like that. So exciting. Ah, I love that so (laughs) much. You proved her wrong. I tend to be a rebel. So I got to tell you, I'm real. (laughs) I love it when you can just like prove someone wrong. I know that's not the best motivation, but what is an amazing motivation is, yeah, you don't have to take on outside investors who then they become like your boss, which hello, that's like, we started our own businesses because we didn't want that in our lives. Right. Yeah. They put all this extra pressure on you to achieve whatever goals that they've got. So they're making a return on their investments And it's just, you wanted to have a business and grow it on your own terms. And yeah, I just love that you're able to do that. Yeah, I love it too. I feel like learning these skills are just so essential, whether you want to outsource it in the future or not. I think it's really important as business owners that we learn these skills and that we feel empowered to be able to take control of the direction of our business and the growth and the speed at which we decide to grow. And really knowing these skills and having these skills are just, kind of the catapult to doing that, I feel. Yeah. I love that. And that that's a good point too, Jessica, because I don't want people to take away from, I guess, my methodology that I'm saying, okay, the CEO of the business, you always have to be running your own ads. Like that's not what I'm saying, but I do think that there's so much bad ads management out there that it's like, no, 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 no. Like learn it the right way, learn it yourself, understand the ins and outs of this. And then what you can do is literally you can hire yourself a VA for like 25 to 50 bucks an hour and just show them 
And here's the other thing too. I don't mind if any of my students give your VAs access to the program and all the recordings. That is great. I love that because for me, it's just more about keeping that ads management in-house. It's like as the CEO, like you are the manager of that. You don't let anybody else act like they know everything and they're going to talk like, no, you control it. You know, the strategies that work, the audiences, the copy, all of that. And then, yeah, if you want to outsource pieces of that to people that are on your team and are going to listen to you and respect you, yes. <laughs> that's, you know, to me, that's, that's the big difference versus paying like I don't know what it even comes out to with agencies. I mean, what are you, we're paying like hundreds of dollars an hour. And to be quite honest, a lot of times that money is going to someone who's been hired in the last three to six months by that agency and went through some sort of crash course. And so like, yeah, they don't know them. Yes. And they're not spending their own money. So they don't, you know, they don't feel it as much. So I totally agree with you. My little shine girl, my first shave kit box that we have, it's not a subscription. It's just a one-time little, it's just so cute. For first time shavers, I, I remember telling my ads agency, you know, this is a new product. I really want Facebook ads to be part of our launch strategy. You know, can you help and blah, blah, blah. And she put together a bunch of ads and she, I don't know really what she did because I didn't really know what, what she was doing or what to tell her to do, you know? So she put together a bunch of ads and then she came back and said, I just really don't think that this product is going to do well on Facebook advertising. I just don't think that this is going to be a good fit. So she basically just gave up on it. And I just, you know, my mind is just blown knowing what I know now that of course not. Of course not. You know, you've got to be able to be in control because you know, your product, you know, your audience, you know, you know, the things that they just don't know. And ah, see, it's so frustrating to me that that would be the response too, because guess what? None of us know for sure until we test it. So that's the thing too. Like when I, I'll have students come to me all the time with some idea that I'm like, I don't know about that, but typically my response is I'll say, okay, here's what I recommend because X, Y, Z, but also, Hey, I always say, I love a good rebel. If you want to test this, you go for it. You test it because that is how we, we get answers. Yes. And the other thing too, I think that kind of drives me a little nuts is this whole notion of like, oh, it won't work with ads. Well, guess what? Okay. Maybe you test it. Maybe the profits aren't where you want them to be on that first campaign, but guess what? Now we have data Mm -hmm. and we can look at that data and figure out where the sticking points are. Like we can figure out, is it the audience that's not responding or is it the shop listing or the sales page they're going to where something's happening there that they're not converting. Like these are all things that you learn, you know, once you start running ads. Once you try. Yeah, I totally agree. So that's going to be my next thing. I can't wait to start running ads to it because as a ripple effect, like we talked about having all of these new subscribers and new customers coming to the business or coming to the shop, the shine girls are just selling off the shelves. They're flying off the shelves. And so that's without any direct paid ads. So yeah, I just wait to see what happens once we start. Yeah. Running those to ads. Yeah. Because I know we talked about this in the group as well. Actually, let me let you talk about it because it is such a cute, amazing product. And yeah, I love it. Oh, thank you. It's just a little, bo- it's a one-time purchase. So it's not a subscription. Like I said, it's just a box. 
a coloring box at that so they can color it in and, and make it all, all fun. But it's just a, a special way for mom and daughter or dad and daughter or caregiver and daughter to just kind of create a memorable, unique experience around her first time shaving. So it has all of the essentials that she'll need, but also a little booklet that teaches, it's filled with tutorials and tricks and tips and journaling exercises and body positivity and affirmations, just all sorts of fun things to kind of embrace this special time in her life and make it not awkward and just special, you know? So I'm really excited about it. I love it so much. And I think I mentioned to you in the group. So, okay, my first experience shaving, which FYI, (laughs) this is not, (laughs) there is no fault to be placed on my mom. I think this is like most people's first experience, most girls shaving their legs. So my mom gets so much credit because she is proactive. And so she'll start like suggesting and hinting or like she was very proactive with all of that stuff of like growing older, puberty, all of these things. And I was the kid who was like, I am not going to talk about this. (laughs) This this whole thing makes me so uncomfortable. So like good on my mom for like, you know, she continued to kind of like keep the door open, even though I'm like, oh my goodness. So one day when she finally suggested maybe like, oh, it's getting warmer out at the end. You maybe want to start shaving your legs and I can help you. And so I finally was like, okay, let's do this. But it was my dad's shaving cream, <laughs> and I can't remember what razor I used. I might have had a girly-ish razor. The raz- I, I can't even remember that piece of it. But I do remember afterwards feeling like, I smell like a man. Like, yeah. right? like an, even a mild-scented, like, man's shaving cream. Like, it's manly. And I so know. I remember, like, going to... I think it was like tennis class, tennis lessons. And I'm walking around like, I'm just wafting this <laughs> smell everywhere. I think pretty much, like, I think within a week, my mom had gotten me that night, like, you know, whatever that, you know, one of those brands that does the women's yeah. nicely scented. There's shit. so many of them now. <laughs> but yeah, like, again, I just love the shine box for making that experience more fun, more of a celebration. It feels like it's meant for her. And I am sure, honest, I mean, my mom would have been that kind of person to like have that totally. box all ready to go had it been around. Yeah. Yes, I have heard lots of our customers will say that. They're like, oh, I'm buying this for my daughter. I'm just going to keep it in the closet until she's ready. And I just think that is so sweet because, you know, like you, it was awkward for me too. And I just wanted something to be different for, for the girls that do choose to shave. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. You have to keep me posted on how your ads go. I for will. the shine box. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, this has been so fun, Jessica. It's just great to chat with you. I'm just thrilled that you're meeting and surpassing your business goals, that ads are going so well for you. Yeah, it's, it's just you. great. So, okay, as we wrap up, I love to ask my guests if they have either a funny or an adorable mom moment to share. Oh, my goodness. So many. I just think that my kids are just at the age now where they love to like reminisce about things that they have done as, as babies and as children. So yesterday they actually asked me if we could go through their little baby boxes that we keep in the closet. I keep a little box for each child and it has like their baby books and like their pictures and their pacifiers and diapers and things like that, that we've kept along the years. And they just love to go through it. And I just think it's so sweet to see them 
being excited about seeing those things and sharing that excitement with me. So it's just adorable to see them caring about how they were as babies and, and being able to tr take that memory lane trip together. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's really sweet. Oh, I love that. Well, thank you again, Jessica, for spending time with me today. And just remind everyone one more time, where's the best place for them to find you and your awesome business online? Oh, thank you so much for having me. You can find me at allgirlshaveclub.com or on Instagram at allgirlshaveclub. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, friends, wasn't that so much fun getting to chat with Jessica? She is so sweet. She's just, yeah, one of my favorite people to hang out with. So as Jessica mentioned, she was part of my ads intensive. I've got another round that's starting soon. If you happen to be listening to this episode late, you miss the cutoff, don't worry. You can still head over. You can still apply and save your spot for the next round. So just head to brilliantbusinessmoms.com forward slash ads, and you can be part of the ads intensive too. Now, one of the things that Jessica mentioned, which I love, is that I teach ads geared towards small business owners. So I'm not trying to teach you how to go from seven figures to eight figures or eight to nine. I'm not dealing with these super huge businesses here. I help business owners who have only made $10,000 in the last year of business. And I've helped business owners who've been at six figures or seven figures in business as well. So that's kind of the stages that I work with. They are small business owners. They may have small teams, small operations, but they're not enormous. So we're not talking about having to spend $1,000 a day or more on ads. You can absolutely get there, and some of my students do, but you can start like Jessica did at $10 and $20 a day and slowly scale that up. I mean, her campaigns in total right now are, she's at less than $40 a day. But even with that level of ad spend, she's been able to meet and surpass her business goals in ways that she was not able to do by just hustling on social media and creating more content. So she's adding ads to her business marketing strategies. She's able to get in front of brand new customers and people who've never heard of her before. And they're now becoming part of her universe and getting all her awesome marketing emails. They're getting hooked into her brand. And so it's just this snowball effect in her business. So I just love it. I'm so excited for Jessica because truly this is just the beginning of her ads journey and her ongoing business growth and business success. So again, you can head to brilliantbusinessmoms.com forward slash ads if you're interested in the intensive. And don't forget to also check out Jessica's awesome business, allgirlshaveclub.com. And of course, now it's your turn to head out there and be brilliant. 